Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, a first responder's lived experience. With us in our virtual studio is John, who will remain anonymous today. Uh, but uh, he is a, a first responder and a police officer. We're going to talk about his experience here in a bit. But before we do, real quickly, our show tonight is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Uh, we're offering you two uh, free digital copies of Attention Magazine. And all you have to do is listen to um, a couple shows and email me the secret words that we say in the show to the three shows. Just Whatever they are, just email to me. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. I will get it on to Chad, and we will get you the current magazine in PDF form and one that's coming out shortly. So uh, uh, let's see. That's all of our announcements right now, other than that the, uh, the 2018 International Conference on ADHD just ended. It was in St. Louis, Missouri. It was an absolute hoot, a blast. Uh, for those that didn't make it, you need to put it on your calendar next year. It's uh, it's uh, it's conference like nothing else because that's where the tribe comes together. Um, it's a blast. So anyway, uh, again, tonight's show is being brought to you by Chad. They've got a little tip that we want to run for you, so let's do that. We'll get on to the show. Are you confused about all the treatments for ADHD? Consider working closely with healthcare providers and other ADHD professionals. Your treatment should be tailored to your unique needs to help you cope with the disorder, improve overall mental well-being, and manage social relationships. For tips, resources, and strategies, contact Chad at helpforadhd.org. Thank you, Chad, for your support uh, of our show. Uh, everyone, they are the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage our, our listeners to become a member uh, to support the organization. They've got uh, a lot of great member benefits, Attention Magazine, uh, blogs, forums, Ask the Expert. Uh, also, uh, they support the National Resource Center. Uh, but the real reason to support them is, uh, is a strong chat. It means we have a good, strong voice on Capitol Hill and other regulatory agencies. So, again, go to their website at chadd.org become a member, and uh, also uh, have fun. They just revamped their website. There's a lot of real good stuff on there. So, all right, let's get into tonight's show. So this was all inspired, and I love these stories, is I did a attention talk video uh, a couple months ago and released it uh, talking about first responders. And I want to be clear, there is absolutely no confirmed research on this uh, because, quite frankly, there's a limited number of research dollars, and we need to put them into places that really can make a little bit more of a difference. But uh, the hypothesis among many of the experts is that first responders, uh, police officers, firemen, uh, Marines, uh, people in the emergency room, there's a disproportionate number of them that tend to have ADHD. That emergency, everything's got to be uh, uh, stat right now, really kind of lends itself. Uh, I did an interview many years ago, or a lot of interviews, with Rob Tedisco, who um, talked about when he got out of college, he was uh, – uh, in Brooklyn, I guess, is the public defender, and he would go to work, and it was just it was just coming at him 100 miles an hour, and he thrived in that environment, absolutely loved it. And when he went off to private practice where he had to plan and stuff, the wheels kind of came off. And uh, it was really kind of interesting because uh, well, really what I learned from that process. But anyway, um, when I when I said 
did the video, I just really started talking about just the awareness of some of that stuff. We got a lot of really, really good comments for a lot of people who actually thought that was. And uh, John, who um, is an anonymous aide, reached out to me uh, to kind of share the experience, which was great. And uh, I'm really excited because he's a police officer, and he's been a first responder for a period of time. And so we have some fun tonight. So, uh, John, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me, sir. So as a police officer, um, there's some, you've, you've been through some interesting type things. Um, I think one of them is like, well, let's, let's push back up. Talk about the nature of a police officer. I mean, it's, it's an interesting field because you're out and about. There's structure, but there's flexibility. Uh, and there's a lot kind of going on, a lot to kind of keep track of. Just, just if you can, just share us with the general nature of the police officer, what you do and kind of what you're up against. Then we'll start talking about the pros and cons and, and how it relates to ADHD. Great. So, and I've been uh, been a police officer for a little bit over 15 years now, and um, in my the area I work and patrol, we have a our day to day starts out. You know, we work 10 hour shifts, and um, we we come out, and there's no set schedule. You don't have to go write tickets. You don't have to go do certain things as far as the way our department runs things. So, you know, a typical day for me could be I could go up on the interstate and write uh, a speeding ticket if I wanted or or something like that. Um, Or if you have things at the office that you need to do, we're responsible for registering sex offenders. We're responsible for our own criminal investigations as well, such as we don't have uh, detectives that we we bump things up to. So, we you know, we get to work our own things. And and that's a double-edged sword just because of a manpower issue. Our department has been sort of formed on that. But – so our day-to-day so, kind of leaves itself up so, to how you go. So let me, I'm just kind of curious. Criminal investigation, as a, you're a state police officer, is that right? And what kind of criminal investigations do you get into? I didn't really think about that. I mean, I know there's, there's traffic-type stuff and there's registration, but uh, do you, I guess you get called on the scenes of different types of things, right? 100%, yes. Uh, so a lot of a lot of ours is uh, criminal investigations. You know, we have your domestics. Uh, we work burglaries. Uh, you know, I mean, up into including a cold case murder. It's, uh, you know, we're, I don't want to say fortunate, but it's definitely, we, we are fortunate because we get to handle some bigger crimes. Um, and, and we get to bring closure, sex cases and things like that. You, you know, you are really, you're, you're doing a justice. And uh, that, that, that's the most rewarding part of it. And, and you know, road work is a necessary evil for any police officer. You, nobody really likes writing speeding tickets. Uh, you know, $180 is a lot of money. And you know, I'm not going to lie and say I've never gone five over the speed limit myself. So, you know, sometimes we're, we're out there. But even at that, fairness is, is, a, is a huge thing. You, yep. you know, we're all human beings, and you treat people the way you want to be treated. That's kind of... Uh, it's worked for me for the last 15 years. So, yep. So it's interesting because it's it's it is this, what I'm describing. Every day, there's a lot of flexibility within that day. Whether you want to go do traffic or go into the office or kind of do whatever, but at the same time, there's a mm-hmm. lot of structure to being a police officer, right? Well, w- without a doubt, it uh, even if you're a highway patroller, you know everything you do has has a usually. I mean, literally from the boots you put on to the pens you have you know it's got an an assignment it's got an inventory uh same thing with your police work your tickets everything has a blocky check it has a kind of a checklist to go through and i I think you know now that i've learned about the condition i think that's what what made me enjoy it as much Uh, our academy our academy is a paramilitary academy so you're there for seven months up at 0500 doing you know like when you send a video, the Forrest Gump thing, a lot of times for the first two months of it, that's kind of how you are. You just go with the flow and uh, you, you don't have to think, but the, 
it's weird is when when an ADD person, or at least from my understanding of the condition, when you don't have to think, that's when you think the best. Is when you're not freed up dealing with, um, oh, how am I going to word this or how am I going to do this? That's where the structure of this job really helps. You know, well, I got a report for this. You get a piece of evidence. Yep. That piece of evidence, you have to do this, that, and the other thing with it. So you don't have that's taken away from you. That's it, it's yep. done by everyone, whether you're uh, the smartest guy in the department or the dumbest guy. It's it's done the exact same way for everyone, and that's just the way you learn. It's like brushing your teeth. So that really helps uh, an ADD mind. Does, and so with that structure and other police officers, is there a lot of, like, like habit routine forming just because you're around other people that are doing the same thing? Oh, 100%. It, you know, and, and that's kind of the thing you don't want to get caught up into is a habit, to go in every day and say, I'm going to go on the interstate from 8 to 10 and take lunch from 10, you know, because yep. especially in the world we live in now, the, that's something you, you don't want to be predictable. But uh, yep. as far as the, the positive habits are, Hey, I, I'll give you, I'll give you every traffic stop I do. I make sure I touch the back of, of that vehicle. And that is a habit yep. that I've done since I was trained 15 years ago, because it leaves fingerprints and God forbid I were to get hit or get shot. Yep. They know that I, they can link me to that vehicle. So those are the positive wow. habits. Yes, sir. Wow. So I want to kind of relate this back because we've I, everybody who's listening to this at frame period time knows I'm a big fan of Dr. Barkley's, and he, he talks about ADHD as a self-regulation issue, which totally makes sense. But he talks about in that context that the, think of the brain as a two-level system. You have the automatic brain, and you have the executive functioning brain. The executive functioning brain is very effortful because it's got to step in and override the more primitive-type brain. And one of the things he talks about is imagine that uh, your, your thinking brain has got a fuel tank that's about half the size of everything else. So the more things that you can automate in your world where you don't think, you can save your energy, if you will, for, for tasks. And what I'm hearing you say is that there's so many things that are automated and routine, particularly, particularly when you're talking about the boot camp type stuff, is you're just kind of following the lemmings. And what, what that does is it doesn't drain that fuel or that energy from the thinking brain, and you can use it for more uh, important things, like maybe an investigation or more something that you're learning. And so it sounds like some of that environment, there's enough structure that's there so that you don't have to think. I mean, I think uh, it was uh, – I can't remember the movie uh, was with uh, – Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, and there's a courtroom type of thing, and they're they're going to this guy's like, how do you know when it's lunch? He said, well, everybody's walking to the mess hall. I just kind of go with them because it's time. So that kind of sounds like that's yep. the positive side of what you have that's really baked into it. Oh yes, sir, it, it really is. It uh, there there's you know, it, I mean exactly what it's called, policy and procedures that, that you adhere to, and that kind of it kind of frees your mind up to to do the things that you that you enjoy doing and that really police work is things you enjoy doing it, it's you know it's been 15 years and i can't say i've put two shifts back to back that i wasn't happy you know what i mean everyone has a bad really? day but yep. i don't know that i've ever had two yep. and so let's talk about your scheduling a little bit um actually i tell you what let's let's come back to this. let's go to break real quick and we'll come back to scheduling okay. because i think this is interesting uh just the general nature of it uh for everybody listening tonight our, our secret word tonight is first as in first responder again our secret word is first and uh, we'll be right back after these messages your life your world your choice this is attention talk radio you've tried logic johnny just calm down and work then you can go out and play with your friends now get the help you really need to improve motivation communication and compliance for kids with adhd Join nationally recognized ADHD parent coach Cindy Goldrich and her team of experts at PTS Coaching. Take the first step. Sign up for parent workshops today 
at ptscoaching.com. Workshops offered in person, via the web, and as e-courses. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Everyone, we're here with John, who is a police officer and a first responder. Uh, before the break, we really kind of talked about the conception of the show, the fact that we really don't have any statistics uh, that confirm that first responders tend to have a higher proportion of people with ADHD, but it's an interesting concept. Um, and specifically today, it's funny because we're really talking about the nature of a first responder's job, uh, talking about how it really kind of makes sense for people with ADHD, some of the characteristics and maybe how it's difficult. Uh, before the break, I kind of talked, I really want to kind of get into your schedule, John, because what's in you know, you, you you have ten hour shifts, and there's no set schedule. But to a certain extent, does some of it come to you, like in your day? Like some days you're scheduled where you have to go to court just because that's the court date. Other days you might be, you know, you might get called in on a, a criminal investigation. So, to a certain extent, is your schedule in part a passive? Uh, function like you're responding to things, or is it really more proactive where you actually have to plan it out? Um, it's a, it's a little bit of both, sir. Where it's passive is you know the, your scheduled times, um, and that's with your shifts and <clears throat> also your court, which sometimes falls on your days off, but that's for later. Uh, but the, when you when you come out to work, you're marked that you mark up on a radio. So you know that's kind of what you're married to. And in the event a call comes through, whether it be simple or high priority, uh, that's that gets you to the calls, whether it be if you're working a call with another agency, uh, if you're working a call with another officer you're working with, um, that, that takes you to the direction. Now, you know, we, our detachment or our barracks is, uh, or even station for any, any other police officer, it's, you know, within a couple of miles of where you're working, you very, you know, you, you go back there a time or two throughout your shift, um, or you may be there, there's some days you're there a really long time if you're doing a, uh, an in-depth report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far so, as so, uh, I'm sorry, I kind so of. So the, the cool part about it is, is that it's 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 cool part about it is, is to a certain extent some of it's passive, but also some of it's forward thinking. So it's a mix. It's not all or one. Yes. But it yes. does provide a lot of variety uh, for somebody. Which you know, it sounds like it, it's it's a love hate thing. The passive stuff where it's coming at you, it's good because you're just following the lemmings. But other times you actually have to to adhere to some of that stuff. Um, Another thing that I want to kind of get into is there's some challenges in terms of inventory and reports and tediousness of that. Can you talk about that side of, of the job? 
Sure. So that you know, that's where the, someone with the condition, if they're going to have a negative, that's where they're not going to shine. Um, you know, huh? because it's a lot of fun being out there. It's a lot of fun arresting people. It's a lot of fun just going on calls. I mean, it just the nature of the job is, you know, especially if you like it, you're just you're dumping adrenaline all day, and, and the hard yep. part is coming in to do the paperwork. Um, that, that's the, the hardest part because once you get one, you're looking for another. You're, you know, I don't want to say you're looking for yep. that fix, but it, it is the, uh-huh. the adrenaline rushes, especially because it, it, in a sense, slows the world down. So, yep. you know, when you get back in, you, there's a certain number of days you have to do, let's say for a crash report. There's a certain yep. number of days you need to do to get that in. Um, and that number of days, it, it's sometimes it's tough because if it's a commercial vehicle, if the, you know, you have to get a lot, a lot of information. Um, yep. So that's where it's tough for the, for the ADHD brain. I, I would say, um, make, making that deadline. And, and a lot of times yep. that deadline is you're doing it the day before because you know where your deadline yep. is instead of doing it the day of. Yep. Are you in isolation yeah, a lot me. when you're doing those reports or sometime are you with other officers that are not, not doing your report or just doing, everybody's in a room doing reports. Is it, is it yeah, all so or nothing? Have, or is it yeah, we track? have a room. We, it, it all depends on how many guys you work with that night. We have a room that that we all have our computers in. Uh, sometimes you're in there with two yep. or three guys. Sometimes you're by yourself. And and sometimes yep. you, you really have to force yourself to be by yourself because if you're with the guys, it, it, it's tough to want to work it, or tough to want to yep. type. <laughs> it, it's fun to yep. want to work. It's tough to want to type. I hear you. I hear you. Know, some guys you know, have computers in their uh, vehicle, and that helps to, to kind of isolate yourself to, to dial in. One of the, one of the, it's interesting because um, God, it's literally twenty years ago. I live in Tampa, Florida, and I was going through a, a program called Leadership Tampa. And part of that, there's a police officer day. But anyway, leading into it, I got to do a ride along for twelve hours with some uh, police officers in the projects. And one of the things that was interesting to me is we were driving around. I remember it was a Saturday. The FSU Florida Miami game was on, which is kind of a big deal. But it was interesting the camaraderie of all the other uh, officers that we were dealing with. And there was a like a local place that we'd go uh, sometimes to do reports. And they would, you know, every once in a while they would all be there doing reports together. Sometimes it was isolation. And it was interesting to me because there was the variability for some doing reports in the presence of some others could be easier, or they need the isolation. So you had the variability that was there. But it's also kind of fun because while it wasn't a state trooper, it was a local thing. And I remember the officer I with us is, okay, what would you like to see? And it was interesting to me. I mean, what do you mean? Well, domestic violence, you want drugs? I, I, it's funny because he's like, he knew where he could go to find it if he did it. And it was interesting to me because oh, yeah. he said, I like this particular area, and he didn't have an EDD, but just that this is my – rush of choice. I just thought that was kind of fascinating. Maybe you don't have that in the area, but I think that this this space, other than the reports, there's so much uh, um, organization, but flexibility within that organization that really makes it fun. That's, that's 100% that? what you're saying. So, like I said, like so road work. Um, when when they say road work, they want you out patrolling. Well, a, a, a very big aspect, and, and it's huge in Florida. Actually, I've been taught by some Florida Highway Patrol on dr- drug interdiction. And drug interdiction is getting that car that may be you know, involved in any form of sex trafficking, drug interdiction, money laundering, things like that. So when you're up there, you know, you're not looking for the speeder. You're looking for, for that clue, whether it be um, the commercial vehicle that's got the number wrong. 
Yep. And the nice thing about that is it's a very dialed in thing. So it's not like a white collar case. Like, can I work a white collar crime? Yes. Can I be proficient at it? Yes. However, would I much rather do interdiction because it's one stop. You're spending about 45 minutes trying to put that piece of the puzzle together instead of white collar crime as you're looking at a million different data sheets yep. and things like that. And, you know, so that's where you're right. It does. It lends itself. You can, you can do what you kind of like to do. And, and that doesn't, doesn't have to be state. I, some of the city guys I work with, if I say, you know, Hey, I'm looking for this guy. And those guys know the streets yep. inside and out. They're like, well, if you're looking for that, you're going to go to these other streets. You know what I mean? It's um, yep. not necessarily the type of crime, but even, even as opposed to the type of crime you get in the rural areas or, or uh, the city areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we go to break, um, I want yeah. to kind of share something, which I'm, this is a metaphor, if you will, and I don't know if I'm sure if it's true, but it doesn't necessarily have to be true because I think it helps put this in context. I've heard people say that Wolfgang Mozart was ADHD. Now, I can't verify that, but let's just assume that it was. The what I've heard from a couple different places, and again, this could be Lord, they said never before his time and never since has music been so strict in terms of its structure and organization. But they said, but within that structure, Mozart was amazingly kind of creative. And one of the things I'm sharing this is, is John, I'm hearing is that the, the, as a police officer, there's lots of organization and there's lots of stuff to do. But within that, you can be amazingly creative and or be amazingly flexible and be energized. And, again, I, I want everybody to know is I, I don't have validation of, of the stuff, but as a metaphor – does that really kind of encapsulate what you're talking about? There's lots of structure that's there, but there's a lot of freedom that you can have within that stuff to keep that ADHD brain alive. Is that, that accurate 100%. 100%. That, that is, uh, what you said about Mozart is, is essentially please work. Yes, sir. Excellent, excellent. Anyway, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about some other things. In particular, uh, John has got some great insights about leadership and how that has an impact on your work, which I think is, is a, one of those invisible things that's really important. Uh, before we go to the break, everybody, the secret word tonight is first, as in first responder. First responder again. Secret word is first, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world. Your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. 
For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with uh, John, a police officer on first responders, experience, the job, the nature of it, uh, which I think is really kind of fascinating. before the break, we've been talking really about uh, the nature of police officer, the good, the bad, and stuff. And uh, now I want to kind of get into, um, in preparing for this, John, you were talking about how leadership uh, that you're under really can have an impact on your work. Can you talk to us about that? Uh, sure. So with the leadership, um, you know, you have uh, – every department has a, a rank structure, and uh, your first-line supervisor is your, your, usually your sergeant. And um, you can just – you can tell that there's supervisors and there's leaders. And um, I've I've been fortunate enough to work under both. And and the leadership of it is, especially with the, with the condition, they they may not necessarily know about ADHD or uh, whatever the, whatever, maybe even another officer has, but uh, they know how to get the best out of their men. And um, where some, some people are really close to those deadlines. And if you don't make them, man, they're, they're writing you up and that's, there's just a black and white about that. You've had other supervisors that, that look at that deadline, and if you're a day off or maybe if you're coming up on it, they say to you, hey, you need to get that in tonight. Or, hey, do not leave this office until that's on my desk. And instead of just coming to you the day it's done and say, where is this? Boom, you get hit with it. And, and you know, both of them are what they are, and I can't say one's right or wrong, but you, you definitely motivate a young, especially a young police officer, more when – I don't want to say you're more forgiving, but – you understand their efforts. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I, it seems to me it's got to be a little bit frustrating because I do think, and I love the distinction between a supervisor and a leader. Um, and I do think it probably has a huge impact. I've, I've so many I've coached. It's there's so much, so many environmental things that have, uh, have something to do with your success rather than just interest, but you don't always get to pick the, your, your boss, your supervisor, and you can actually have a great leader and be doing very well. And then uh, a supervisor is replaced or somebody else. And that can create a bit of a challenge. Is that accurate? It, oh yes, sir. It, it most definitely is, especially, and you'll see it um, amongst the morale at the office or even at uh, with with other departments, you know, because mm-hmm. and, and you know you're not faulting them too because as a supervisor, not not only do you have to worry about yourself, but you have to worry about your guys, and um, yep. so maybe that's why some some people get very strict and very uh, very uh, anal retentive, so to speak. Uh, I yep. haven't had many of those. I've had, you know, I've had the, the latter. I've been fortunate for the last 15 years to be around good, you know, good supervisor. I had one guy that told me my job as your detachment commander, your sergeant, is two things, to make sure you guys are get, – I can get you as much money as possible and to make sure you're taken care of, whether that be – you know, he, he cared about our home lives our, because he cared, not because he yep. had to, you know. And, uh, yep. and those are the people that you try to model yourself after. Absolutely. So – let me ask you this. In your experience over the 15 years interacting with other police officers, again, just your gut is, is just a handful of guys with ADD, or do you think that maybe others are attracted to it? And do people have people t- disclose their ADD in the police force, or do you know? So a, a group of us, um, I don't want to say a group of us, it, it's talked about, especially now more than ever, um, but when I when I was first early into it, I, I didn't even know I had the condition or presume that it was had until maybe five years in. Um, 
I don't know one person that's outwardly said, hey, I have this condition. Uh, you know, we all joke with each other. My ADD is kicking in or, or something like that. Um, but do I know of anyone that outwardly has it or that, that takes medication? No, I don't. Not amongst uh, not amongst the groups that I'm with. And that's city, but, local, and state. But the, the symptoms are jokingly, they joking, jokingly refer to the symptoms? Yes. We, uh, we, we, yeah, we do. And, and I think that's more just the, the personality of guys. Um, you know, it, I lost you. You know, uh, can you hear me? I'm sorry. I said, I think that's yep. a lot to do with the personality of guys. They, uh, they don't see it. Some people may see it as a weakness instead of, uh, especially if you know how to harness it, I, I'll put you, I'll put yep. it against anybody. Uh, I really, Good. I really would. Good. Um, Another thing that, that we talked about beforehand is don't be afraid to ask for help. And, and I think that you – I'm assuming that you've emulated. You've surrounded yourself with other people that are good, so you try to associate uh, with them. I think you used the, uh, a term, iron sharpens iron. That's an interesting mindset. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? So I've always thought that with, with police work especially or even with athletics and things. Um, I've never been like, – like I said, some people were – are afraid to ask for help and I, you know, because of their mindset. And thankfully I was in a position that uh, if I needed help, I, I would ask for it because when, when I went for it, I, it made me a better police officer, a better athlete, a better wh- whatever I was seeking help in. And, um, and that, that was something my dad taught me actually early on. Um, and, and the same thing with surrounding myself. If I wanted to be a better interdiction guy, I went and found the best, the guy that was the best interdiction guy. If I wanted to be a better pistol shot, I, I, I got with a guy that was the best pistol shot. And you just, you pick up on their habits and their, the, the routines. And I, that's where, yep. that's where you get good is when you, because yep. like you, what we said earlier in a conversation about them not thinking that a lot yep. of police work is not thinking, um, especially in high intensity situations, because it all goes out the door anyhow. So if you get into yep. a gunfight, a fist fight, a pursuit, you go back to training and that, that is something that's documented. So it, and I think that the ADHD brain functions even better in those scenarios because it's getting that rush of dopamine and it doesn't get all the time and you get the audio exclusion. The world, the world legitimately slows down for you. And, um, uh, that's where I've said the world slows down, but I've also heard them people describe is the world finally speeds up to the pace of my brain. There was a, uh, there's a, uh, I'm, oh God, I'm sorry. His name escapes me right now, but it was a 17-year-old that I interviewed a couple of years ago who was doing Formula One racing. He says when he's doing 180 miles an hour, he's like, oh my God, the world speeds up to the pace of my brain. So he says, in my mind, it's actually really slow because it's kind of caught up. And he describes it's the most relaxed he's ever been in his life is when he's in a car doing like 180, 200 miles an hour, which is just an interesting kind of concept. So, um, it, it really is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, good. Oh, I was just—that's what I was saying too. It really is that—that that former relaxation that uh, that you feel. Man, that, that I'm, I'm going to try and find that interview. <laughs> is uh, God, what's, I, I can't remember. Anyway, if you if you just Google Tension Talk Radio, uh, eight uh, Chad Champion or Race Car, whatever, it'll probably come up. So anyway, um, read okay, it to close. Any last uh, insights or thoughts to share before we wrap it up? If if you are looking to go into, into first responding and you have the condition, or even if you don't, like I said earlier, it is the best job I've ever gone into. Um, 
it's just there's never been two shifts that I've put together that I didn't want to be there. I've enjoyed my work thoroughly for the last 15 years. You get to meet people. You get to help people. And at the end of the day, it's just people, they either love you or they hate you, though, because when you pull somebody yep. over speed and they don't want to see you, but when they call you at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're the only person they want to see. So it's uh, wow. it's, it's it's a good job. Now, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of let us talk about this sort of thing. Well, I'm glad that you kind of came on and shared your experience because I think it'll help a lot of people out there that's a better uh, kind of uh, just thinking or just wanting more, more. So with that, John, I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, I, I appreciate it, sir, and uh, I'm continued listener. All right. Everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Remember, if you like the show or you like the video and you've got an idea, write into us. Today is a great example. John reached out to me after watching the video, and uh, he had a great story, sir. So we hope you've enjoyed it. Take care. Catch you next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.